Their additions make 199 breeds now eligible to compete in U.S. dog shows. This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, weekdays on CBS. Yes, Ms. Tubbs. Uh, no problem. I'll call someone about the plumbing. One of Beatrice's properties needs a new superintendent. Custodial team is not someone with handyman superpowers and a concierge alter ego. Does anyone know any good electricians near Parkville? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Allstate where you can really control your savings. Because when you drive less, you save more with Paper Mile. So you're really in control of your savings. Only paying for the miles you drive. Yeah, life is good when you're in the driver's seat. Allstate, here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings vary subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois. Novak Djokovic's gotten a vaccination exemption to compete at the Australian Tennis Open. Originally, players had to be fully vaccinated to be eligible to play at the Australian Open. Djokovic, a nine-time Open champ, refused to reveal if he is, and he's criticised the vaccine mandate. But it doesn't matter anymore. The world number one has taken to social media to say authorities have given him an exemption to play. Details about the exemption will remain confidential. Scott Maiman... For CBS News, Brisbane, Australia. Music's top awards show may be postponed for the second year in a row. Welcome to the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards. Reports say the Recording Academy will most likely delay this month's Grammys because of spiking Omicron cases. They're scheduled to take place January 31st at the L.A. Convention Center after last year's delay and relocation to outside the Crypto.com arena. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. What's all the buzz about nasal irrigation and navage, navage, navage? And should I try it? Here's the science. Airborne germs invade through your nose. It's the body's air filter for trapping allergens and viruses. When your nose gets clogged, it's less effective and germs multiply. Eventually, your immune system can get overwhelmed and you get sick. Nasal irrigation is an effective, all-natural way to clean your nose. It's not a drug. It's more like plumbing. Saline goes in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out the other nostril, flushing out mucus and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage to make cleaning your nose easy. It's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage pulls out the bad stuff so you can breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier. At Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, Bed Bath, and Walmart, or go to Navage.com for a free gift with purchase. Over 2 million sold. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 W-A-T-H to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's probably not, it's the, not the Kim and Ruth Show. show. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. 
Where do you go when you need home or auto insurance? Matthews Insurance Agency at 240 Columbus Road is a friendly, reliable, and locally owned insurance agency celebrating our 75th year in business in the Athens community. We have partnered with outstanding companies like Ohio Mutual Insurance to provide you with great coverages and rates. Give us a call at 740-593-5573 or Google us, Matthews Insurance. Friendly, reliable, local. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. I-N-E-P-T-E-N-F-T-E-C-2468. Who do we appreciate? Oysters! Oysters! Rah, rah, rah! Coach Turf, I'm certainly glad we're not on television for our program this week because you are looking a little the worse for wear. What in the world has happened? Well, you know, it must be them circles under my eyes, all them red line, them road maps I got. I was up all night looking at them game films from the Cinema State game, and, you know, I never have seen anything. You know, it reminds me back of uh, the game back in 1961 uh, when we played Navarone State. You know, I, I never have come up against so many guns in my life as Cinema State had in that ball game. And, and well, you was at the ball game. and uh, just 84 to nothing, That's I think. right, 84 to nothing. Looking at it uh, over and over again, I need something to help me out here just just before we get the program started. We'll wait on you, Coach. Go ahead. Well, they say this stuff is supposed to work. Works real quick. These little white poker chip goodies you put in the... In the just hold, hold on just a second here. <laughs> well, I All hope right. that helps you, Coach. Well, I feel a whole lot better now. Let's get on with the program. Well, what have you found out from, from looking at the game film all night long uh, as to why you lost by such a wide margin? Well, this film would never make the Late Show on TV, that's for sure. You know, all I've seen over and over again in them game films was our boys missing them blocks, our boys missing them tackles, our quarterback getting sacked, our wide receivers dropping them balls, our running backs fumbling the football all over the field. You know, it just... You know, it's a good thing that our boys didn't have this ball game as a class to pass in order to get their degree at, at, at NAP Tech. Well, Coach, you have another Alka-Seltzer, and we'll be back with more right after we pause for this message. And many of you may be Coach Turf, I hope you're feeling a little bit better here for the second part of our pro. Art Turf has continued on while we enjoy an Alka-Seltzer. And the Art Turf Show is proudly speaking. Listening again, sports fans. And that was another giant leap forward in this segment of the Art Turf Shows of the Year. I'm gonna have to have you come over here and fix that. <laughs> I I messed it up and and it uh, the auto seg wasn't running and um, but let's see that's the outro see so the yeah. thing before it is yeah. missing and that's it that's right. it and then Coach Turf I hope there you're feeling a little bit better here yeah. for the second part of our program. Well, that's right you know that is pretty good stuff you know I have to remember that stuff when I go to watching game films next time. I know it's a tough assignment. That's real good stuff. I, in fact, when I get through coaching, I might go to representing that stuff. 
tough job to watch game film all night long, especially when it's of an 84 to nothing loss. Well, that's right. You know, you keep watching them uh, 84 and zip scores uh, rolling through your eyes, seeing all them dumb plays that, that our boys pulled out there. They what, It wasn't a real good ball game on their part, and, and, and it's a good thing that, like I said, for the commercial, that they didn't have to pass this like a class to get their degree. I almost hesitate to ask you how the players graded out individually on this film. Well, you know, all the coaches, we all got together and graded everybody. And, you know, they, the speed limit's 55, and I don't believe any of our boys went over that. How about a game ball, Coach? Uh, usually awarded game. As a matter of fact, uh, before we get to go in that game ball, I'm going to take this here film and put it exactly where it belongs. That is in our film vault. So we don't have to watch it no more, and it's water under the bridge. It's in the past. We're not worried about and you know something? It was pretty dusty in there. It appeared to be a little crowded in that vault. Coach, you have all your films in there? Well, that's right. You know, we keep all of them in there right where we can get to them whenever we need them. You can see they're right next to the Three Stooges and all them reruns of the Beverly Hillbillies. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. When I hear a sound like that, I go, oh, excuse me. Ah, what a beautiful morning. Look at it out there. It's it's crispy, but it's beautiful. 22 degrees here at the studio right now, headed to 42. Sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. Scott, I, I thought I heard something about... Uh, In our 72nd year of serving Southeast here? Ohio, AM 970. Let's, let's stop that. You help me correct that later, but the uh, the auto stop wasn't on that last thing, I guess. Okay. Well, anyway, Scott, I thought I heard something about snow Friday or Saturday? Thursday. Thursday. Yes, Brian Hughes is reporting on one of his weather forecasts that we could see two to four inches accumulation. Well, it says here just snow showers. Snow showers will do that. Really? Yeah. I, I would think instead of they flurries just, or they... snow, that's okay. the heavier version so of Thursday. snow. Yeah. Okay. So we well, could. Well, that could be exciting. Well, huh? uh, not. Not if you got to be on the road early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, it's easy for you to say, oh, well. <laughs> By the time you get here, well, the you roads have been treated. you want me to come over and pick you up? Are you kidding me? I I'd, you... I'd rather drive myself. Thank <laughs> you. <though. laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. You don't like my driving, huh? No, I didn't say that. I yeah, just, you did. No, you did. Okay. I would just rather be in control of... Whatever happens to me. You know, really, somebody told me something one time that makes 
total sense. When you ride with somebody else, you're putting your life in their hands when they are driving. Most people don't think of that. I mean, that's kind of a deep thought. But really, if you think about it, you know, you are. You're hurtling down a highway in a 2,000-pound vehicle or two-ton vehicle. Yeah. And, you know, it's called trust. Well. While you're driving. I mean, we all ad- we all arrive at opinions about each other's driving. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, see, can I honestly say there's anybody I know right now that I wouldn't want to drive with? Right. <clears throat> yeah, I can't think of anybody I, either. I can't think of anyone. <laughs> but again. over the years, there have been. Oh, yeah, me too. A couple of fellows out in Wyoming that were my dorm mates um, at the university out there. I don't know. but well, I can't think of it either. And again, that's kind of a really deep thought. Deep. So deep. I don't know how far you want to micro-analyze that one. Deep. 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 I like being deep. All right. Well, <clears throat> speaking of deep, today is National Spaghetti Day. Well, well, before we get to all that with the snow, you know, obviously if that happens, there are more than likely going to be cancellations. Of course. And schools probably either delayed or closed. Yep. So stay tuned here at 970. Thursday morning, I'll try to get those updated as you know, best as I can. And, you know, a lot of people get the message on a cell phone, too. I was about to say. Oh, okay. So For anyway. years now, uh, being a grandparent of kids at Athens schools, and I'm not sure this is true of all grandparents, but at least in my case, because occasionally I was responsible for um, picking them up after school or something like that. Uh, for years now, I hear that phone go off and this is Tom Gibbs <laughs> in the recorded announcement uh, talking about the school situation that day. And, um, you know, we should get that here at the radio station too. It would, it would help us out here in making sure we're absolutely right. Although we get special calls often. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to hear Tom Gibbs give us an update on what's what's going on. In fact, I called Tom, um, let's see here, today's Tuesday, right? Yep. I guess I called him yesterday to see if he'd be, like to be on the show soon. But I uh, haven't heard from him yet. Well, good. Yeah, he's always good to have in here. You Very bet. informative and good guy, too. So uh, with with that, we'll try to keep you updated uh, as best we can here. And when we Thursday speak morning. to Tom Gibbs, he's really representing many different uh, school superintendents in our region. They all work closely together. So uh, it's not that we're... Um, only focusing on Athens or anything like that. Yeah. And All with, right. With the school thing, um, what is it, nine, ten dozen schools in central Ohio 
have gone back to remote learning now with the the uh, Omicron variant spreading in central Ohio area. So I had not heard that. Yeah, some um, schools are reverting back to that. And uh, when we were in the remote learning phase there, we really didn't have to worry about school cancellations or closings when it snowed. Not, not to the same degree, sir. N- yeah, not now that schools are actually back in session. So stay tuned. We'll but see it, what yeah, we'll see Mother what... Nature has to offer. Now, if that happens, Thursday is the 6th, right? So if that's the first significant snowfall. Oh, I was thinking this earlier. Of the year. That means we have six to uh, five to follow. Yeah, five more. Yeah. After so, that, according to the old okay, so folklore. Yeah, yeah. Let's explain this a little bit. Whenever, whatever date, the first significant snowfall falls on. So if it were the twelfth of the uh, that first snowfall, or the nineteenth, or the sixth. That is supposed to be also the number of snowfalls of significance that you will have during the rest of the season. Okay? I think I said that well enough. But, um, so let's hope for the sixth. Fewer is better than lots, right? For me it is, yeah. Some people like lots of snow, but not me. I do at the ski lodges, but not, not... Well, anyway. I used to. You know, when you were a kid, you loved snow. First thing we wanted to do was get out and get the sleds out, go sleigh riding down the big hills that we had where Mom and Dad had lots of area that we just, my bros and I, we loved it. We could sleigh ride for hours. (laughs) I remember years ago, forgive me, I can't remember who I was with. I was with the a lady, and we had had a terrific snowfall. And so we decided to go sledding. And we went to, um, is it Dow Lake? Stroud's Run, yeah, Yeah. could have been. And the dam. The big hill, yeah. You know, the dam is, um, is a pretty good falling grade to it means it's steep and um, what we have forgotten is that at the bottom there's also sort of a um, I don't know what you call it a ditch a barrier Uh, it kind of comes down to a low spot where I suppose the water drains when it's raining and Mm -hmm. then rises again yep water (laughs) runoff did you smack it oh my (laughs) <laughs> yes. I think that was Tracy Galloway. Nice lady. Yeah, well, I, anyway. I think a lot of people listening that are from this area can remember the 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 beautiful Great Slate Riding Hill over at the Asylum Grounds where the uh, State Mental Hospital, that's what it used to be called anyway, mm-hmm. where the 682 bypass goes through the along the Hawking River now. Yes. But when the rerouting of the river happened, in 67, 68, that took away that big hill. And well, there's, there's the still a ponds. good spot there back behind the, um, I guess it'd be 
behind the OU wing, but still on that uh, grounds there. Yeah, not like was there before the. That's what they tell me. Yeah, river rerouting. And those four ponds there, I know we've said this before, but my recollection is that each of the ponds were shaped in the diagram of the four divisions of a deck of playing cards. One shaped like a diamond, one a spade, one a club, and one a heart. Four ponds there. And it would come off that hill onto the pond sometime. And once in a while, you'd hear the ice cracking. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, "Uh-oh!" <laughs> Out at the farm, this is true story. Out at the farm, meaning Dale and Darla Stanley. They have a pond back behind them, and I fell through on the ice. <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> oh well, it's such a startling thing when suddenly the ice you're walking on gives way. As you can imagine. Mm-hmm. All like right. Well, today dis- is National Spaghetti floor. Day. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, speaking of the farm, uh, often on Tuesday nights we go to the Albany Cafe out there. And what is their special on Tuesdays? Spaghetti. Mm. Sounds good. It is. Today is also National Trivia Day, and we did bring some in. Uh, and it's National Missouri Day. So just three things to worry about, or not worry about, but to know about there. National Spaghetti Day, National Trivia Day, National Missouri Day. All right. Historical events. We often do this. Today's January 4th, of course. So the first one is, uh, let's see, we go back to 1847 when Samuel Colt sells his first revolver pistol to the United States government. Um, I hope this isn't too personal a question. Do you own a gun? Yep, a couple of them. I do too. A few of them. I do too. Uh, most of them are collectors. Uh, that means um, I wouldn't be very confident about shooting them because without working them over some, cleaning them up, and you know what I mean. Um, but like one was my my, as I understand it, my grandmother's thirty-two, and it's all silver. I would almost call it chrome. And it had uh, five, the capacity of five bullets. And a very historical gun. And then, you know, then a a variety of others that each has a meaning. When was the last time I fired them? I'll bet it's been five years ago out at the farm for target practice with uh, Nick and... and, uh, Dan, my son and son-in-law. Oh, well. Um, So Samuel Colt sells his first revolver to the U.S. government, 1847, on this date. 
1865, the New York Stock Exchange opens its first permanent headquarters at 10-12 Broad Street, which is near Wall Street in New York City. 1959, Luna 1, Mecta, becomes the first craft to leave Earth's gravity. 1959. 1961, the longest recorded strike ends as the Danish barber's assistants <laughs> end a 33-year strike. What do you think of that? The barber assistants in, in Denmark went on strike for 33 years. That's a long time. Mercy. 2007, the 110th United States Congress convenes and elects Nancy Pelosi as the first female Speaker of the House. And then we still have one more thing, and it's very recent. 2021, the first Oxford-AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccines given to the general public with 82-year-old Brian Pinker in the, in the United Kingdom, first to be jabbed. Okay, famous birthdays. Here we go, Scott. Don Shula. How about that one? Mm, yep. 1930. He was born on this date. He died in 2020. Do you know who that is? Well, if you don't, he uh, was a very successful professional football coach. Uh, he served as a coach in the NFL from 63 to 95. And he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins for most of his career. He is the NFL's winningest head coach. And the only you know, undefeated team. Ever to play in the NFL was, I think, the 72 Dolphins, mm -hmm. who were undefeated, won the Super Bowl, and he was the head coach. Um, my very remote meeting of him, uh, he was just a classy guy. Now, have you heard stories to the opposite? I have not. Okay. But, um, you know, now, now we had John Madden pass here just recently, and they've done so many neat stories about him. Um, but he was a character. Oh, know, yeah. You know. He was fun. And Shula was a gentleman, as I recall. He okay. was very, very professional. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Okay, let's see here. Jacob Grimm. With two M's, born in 1785 on this date. He died in 1863. I don't know. Are we talking about Grimm's fairy tales? Absolutely. And, okay. Yep. Known as Ludwig Karl was a German linguist, philologist, jurist, and folklorist. He is known as the discoverer of Grimm's Law of Linguistics, the co-author of the monumental Deutsches Wörterbach, the author of Deutsch Mythology, 
and the editor of Grimm's Fairy Tales. Well, all those others I don't think I know about, but uh, that's uh, quite a resume. Okay, Floyd Patterson, born on this date in, I'm sorry, 1935, died in 2006. He was a great heavyweight boxer. Uh, He boxed from 1952 to 1972 and twice reigned as the world heavyweight champion between 1956 and 1962. At the age of 21, he became the youngest boxer in history to win the title and was also the first heavyweight to regain the title after losing it. Yes. And he fought at a lighter heavyweight. A lot of heavyweights now fight at, you know, 220, 230. Even more, he was barely 200 pounds. But he was just a fantastic boxer. The uh, last famous birthday we have to mention the picture they're using is one of these uh, concrete statues, right? Another granite head. So um, I don't know why his, his age isn't that far back, but uh, Louis or Louis Braille. Now, um, before we get started, sitting out on the counter here in the hallway of the entry building, J.W., Smith came in and did the morning devotions recently. And he always loves to kind of jazz us a little bit. He's, you know, quite a character. He's a neat guy. So he left his all braille. It's a thick magazine. It's a, like a manual. A and Christian it's, manual. It's it's a yeah, but it's all in Braille, and he expected every one of us to read it before he returns. <laughs> well, I'm guessing Louis Braille, who was born on this date in 1809, died in 1952. I'm sorry, 1852. Braille. Yes, French educator an inventor of reading and writing system for use by people who are visually impaired. His system remains virtually unchanged to this day and is known worldwide simply as Braille. Now, two famous deaths to mention. And uh, the first one is that of Albert Camus, C-A-M-U-S. He was uh, born in 1913, but died on this date in 1960. He was a French philosopher, author, and journalist, and was awarded the 1957 Nobel Prize in Literature at the age of 44, the second youngest recipient in history. His works include The Stranger, The Plague, The Myth of Sisyphus, The Fall, and The Rebel. He was busy. He was. Erwin Schrodinger, um, born in 1887, died on this date in 1961. Erwin Rudolf Joseph Alexander Schrodinger, sometimes written as Erwin Schrodinger or Erwin Schrodinger. I don't know the difference other than one letter. 
was a Nobel Prize winning Austrian Irish physicist who developed a number of fundamental results. He won the Nobel Prize in Physics, the Max Planck Medal, and also uh, there's a prize named after him, aptly titled the Erwin Schrodinger Prize. Wow. Well, let's see here. Let's do something uh, really simple light. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, this is a, a thing I get every day, and it's um, it's a trivia test. Okay. And uh, so the question is. Which brand was created in a New Bern pharmacy and marked under the slogan, Born in the Carolinas? Now, that's a little vague. But, you know, we're talking about a pharmaceutical place. Okay, and we're talking about the year 1898. So they gave you, um, let's see, four choices to pick from. They don't, they give you a little help. It was Yoo-Hoo, Pepsi, Heinz Ketchup, or A1 Sauce. Oh, had to be Pepsi. Well, you were right. Why would, Why were you so absolute about that? Why would any of those other three be created in a pharmacy? Well, why would a soft drink be created in pharmacy? Well, they, I remember that having some type of medical effects beneficial to the digestive system when it was first invented, that it was to calm uh, stomach acid, stomach aches, things of that nature. Really? Yeah. Well, you're absolutely correct. In a small town in New Bern, North Carolina, a local pharmacist named Caleb Bradham devised the original formula of what would become Pepsi-Cola. When Pepsi was founded in 1898, it was known as Brad's Drink, a staple of Brad Bradham's Pharmacy, that was believed to improve digestion and ease an upset stomach, just like you said. Hmm. How about that? As his beverage gained popularity, Bradham decided to rename it, eventually settling on Pepsi-Cola. Well, you got that one pretty well. How about that? How about that? Well, there's another you know, medication out now that is kind of close to the name Pepsi for stomach acid, and it's called Pepsid. Oh, yes. So I guess that's right. Not sure if that is a derivative or kind of a play on the word Pepsi, maybe. I came across a different article. This We're changing topics here uh, this morning. There's a, There's a series I get called Town of the Day. 
and um, sometimes they attract my attention if they're nearby. And other times, more times than not, they're not nearby. And so unless I've had some connection with that town, it doesn't uh, get my attention. But today, Parkersburg is the town of the day. Pretty cool. Of all of so the I brought it cities in. and towns. So I brought it in. <clears throat> it says there are quite a few towns in the United States with the name of Parkersburg, but none quite compared to the small manufacturing town in West Virginia. Parkersburg, West Virginia is a small city bordering the Ohio River. The small town population is just over 30,000 year-round residents. Tourists who visit Parkersburg enjoy touring popular historical sites, places like Blennerhassett Island, which is a historical state park, I believe, Henderson Hall, Fort Borman Park. We also know the area for its wine tree vineyards and the oil and gas museum. Parkersburg Art Center is another local attraction that draws visitors year-round. Fun outdoor recreational activities in the area of, um, well, they include birding, biking, horseback riding, and hiking the trails of one of the many state parks in that area. Uh, Here's another section. It may surprise you to learn that a small town in West Virginia is one of the rainiest locations in the United States. I didn't exactly know that. Parkersburg residents get up to 42 inches of rain annually. (coughs) Excuse me. We know the area for its high precipitation rate. Tourists and residents can expect precipitation as rain, hail, sleet, or snow 142 days of the year. Uh, The last section I've got here talks about tourism and living. Tourists planning to visit Parkersburg should plan accordingly as it's raining or snowing almost half the year. Parkersburg has moderate summers and cold winters. The area is an affordable destination for tourists to visit all year. Residents of the area say Parkersburg is a good place to live and an affordable place to raise a family. A family. And they've got a nice aerial picture of Parkersburg. So... Pretty cool. And for those of you wondering, how did they get the name Parkersburg? Originally, it was named Newport in the late 18th century following the American Revolutionary War. And Parkersburg's fascinating history is filled with intrigue. The town area was laid out on a land grant uh, issued to Alexander Parker for his Revolutionary War service, and the area was later renamed for him as Parkersburg in 1810. 
I'll, I'll give you one a little bit of trivia here. So, I've been involved in broadcasting a lot of places and for many years. My dad uh, had a similar long career in broadcasting before my days. Um, he became a consultant to many broadcast operations. And I think I must have been eight years old. And um, he was asked to come down and visit WPAR in Parkersburg. And to my recollection, that was the first time I, I accompanied him on that trip. And that was my first visit to any radio station. I don't know if WPAR still exists. I know, I, to this date, when we drive down through downtown Parkersburg, I can point over to where it was, and it was next to a movie theater. But um, anyway, Parkersburg. All right. Let's see, WPAR? CBS affiliate went on the air July 11th, 1935. Mm -hmm. So it's got us beat here by 15 years. Because 1950 was when WATH went on the air. Uh, let's see. The station's call letters were changed in 1983. What are they now? From WPAR to WLTP. Huh. Why would you do that? They, well, it was apparently sold. So, um, it was sold to various owners. Mm. It dropped CBS in 73, joined NBC in 75, and then the Letters were changed to WLTP. Must have be must have been a business or something like that. Various businesses that bought the station. Um, let's see. So in 1780, on this date, there was a big snowstorm, and uh, so this is a. Um, it says, "Where did Washington's troop get stuck?" Troops get stuck in the 1780 snowstorm. So this is a lengthy article, but I'll try to just hit some highlights. Um, Morristown, New Jersey. This was six years into the Revolutionary War. And I guess the troops had decided that 
Morristown would be a good place for an encampment during wintertime. Um, they go on to say the conditions that the soldiers faced there throughout the duration of the war were notoriously deplorable. I must have left some of the story behind. But anyway, yeah, I, I didn't pull all my pages. But uh, George Washington. All right. Well, let's see here. Did we, did, did you pull anything about Betty White by any chance? We didn't even, we didn't mention that yesterday. Oh, I thought we did. Um, you know what? You're right. I've had so many conversations about her, I forgot that we hadn't had one on the air. Yeah. Um, I had the chance to work twice with her. Once with Kenley players up in uh, Warren, Ohio, and, and Columbus. And um, what was the other situation? I think she was in Honolulu for something. She was in person just like she was on the air. She was nice. She was humorous. She seemed sincere. I mean, what a... What a special person. Now, Scott, I have a hunch you've done a little looking up back there. I, actually not, but, uh, but I think we you wanted to expand on that. Well, why don't you just grab a little bit of stuff? There? All right. But she has been... Um, oh, last night's Saturday Night Live. I don't know what the circumstance was, but she was supposed to. I, I don't know if because of her passing, they changed it to um, different appearances she had on the show or if she was supposed to host that show, but then died. And so they brought back all these past scenes. Um, we're kind of a fan of that program. My wife and I, Saturday Night Live. But there's been other similar situations where some show that they were going to produce and air suddenly got changed to a, a celebration of her life. Yeah, it was called uh, Betty White, 100 Years Young, a birthday celebration. And apparently it's supposed to play in theaters across the country. Uh, and, and as I understand length. it, only for one day. Yeah, final interview. Uh, her birthday, 100th birthday is coming up on January 17th. So they did a little bit of a short video of her for entertainment tonight. Um, so that's still in, in the offings, so to speak, as they are 
still planning on running that. But uh, she had well, qu- quite a career. Yeah. Um, I, I, do you remember the show Hot in Cleveland? Not really. She was on that. Oh, my gosh, that was funny. <laughs> TV thing? Yeah, it was a, a short-lived series, and uh, she was also she played a had a part in Desperate Housewives. Oh, I remember that. Oh my gosh, she was she was great in that series. So yeah. where'd she hail from? Um, I'm not sure. Let me see if I can find that. I let's, wanted let's, to say let's do a little. Um, let's find a little, a couple paragraphs about her. She was born in Oak Park, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. And she passed in Brentwood. And she was, um, anything about her parents' backgrounds or? What, what I recall from the documentary said that when she grew up in uh, a few years in Illinois, um when the depression happened her parents decided to move to Beverly Hills to find work there so she went to Beverly Hills high school now was her were her parents in showbiz uh does not say if they were Tess Curtis White is her mother Horace Logan White is the name of her father uh let me see if i can find anything about Tess Curtis White. Uh, I'm sorry, I had it backwards. That's the mother of uh, Betty White. And nothing about any showbiz things or anything like that. Hmm. Um, so let's see if we can locate anything about her father and what he may have had in his background there. Um... Nothing about that, too. Okay, now, how old was she when they moved? Well, it was before the Depression. She was born in 22. Uh, the pre- Depression happened, what, started in 29? 1929 okay. with the stock market crash. So, seven, eight years old. Yeah, so, well, that kind of negates the idea that she had um, showbiz inklings. At that age, and so they moved there. I'm just trying to figure out why they would have moved. Oh, well, we may not know. Let's see. Her mother was a homemaker, while her father was an executive for a lighting company. Oh, well, that could be it. So maybe he was working in the lighting industry there, and maybe decided that Hollywood would be able to use his talents there. Would you say she had a... I mean, there's a a list of TV programs that she was engaged in. Does she have a similar list of movies? Um, Let's see here. I'm not recalling any right now, but, you know, of course, remember her in The Golden Girls. Um, Hot in Cleveland, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Um, I'm not recollecting any movie okay. credits. All right. So let's let's see. I'm, I bet there is. 
Okay, so <laughs> let's hold off on that. <laughs> well, let's work on that for down okay. the, during the rest Here's of the one. week. Here's one. You again, the proposal, uh, Lake Placid. Okay. Betty White, the first lady of television. It's a 57-minute movie. The Lost, Valentine, Lorax, and she did a voiceover in Toy Story 4. So there are some of them anyway. Well. Oh, my. There, yeah, there are more. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Yeah. That's, um, maybe we can do a little recap in a day or two. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got another story here entitled uh, 2022s. That's this year. Best cities for jobs. So they go on with 2021 behind us. It's time to think about fresh starts, whether that means small changes or a complete life overhaul. For many people, finding a new or better job will be a top resolution. The jobs market made quite a bit of recovery in 21 after it took a major hit during the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the most recent jobs report from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the national employment rate is 4.2%, far below test, uh, the high of 14.7, which was seen in 2020. Many companies are now actually facing labor shortages which puts PO test people, PO test, PLE, hmm. anyway, puts um, looking for jobs in a position of leverage when it comes to negotiating their compensation and benefits. Let's see here. Let me get down to the guts of this. Ultimately, your luck of finding work depends largely on location. To help you with the job hunt, uh, we've compared more than 180 U.S. cities across 31 key indicators of job market strength. They range from job opportunities to employment growth to monthly average starting salary. So, they've ranked... What I say, a hundred and oh, let me get these pages to turn for me. They've ranked one hundred and eighty-two cities. So the, uh, the the best place to find a job, and then we'll go from there down to the worst. Okay, we're not going to read all one eighty-two. We'll pick and choose. My wife. Pat lived in Columbia, Maryland quite a long time. She was a, a what do you call it, an architectural, oh shucks, suddenly the term has escaped me, um, interior designer, there it is, in Baltimore. But the number one city 
Best place to find a job in the USA is Columbia, Maryland. Wow. Number two, Salt Lake City. Three, San Francisco. Four, Portland, Maine. Five, Austin, Texas. Six, Orlando, Florida. Seven, Seattle, Washington. Number, um, let's turn the page here. Number eight, Scottsdale. Number nine, San Jose. Number 10, Nashua, which is New Hampshire. Okay, now I'm going to skip down periodically. So number 12 is Pittsburgh. Number 25 is Madison, Wisconsin. Number 27, Atlanta, Georgia. 28, St. Louis, Missouri. Number 30, Tacoma, Washington. Number 32, Washington, D.C. Number 33, where I used to live, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Skipping. We're out of time, aren't we? Just about. Bobcat basketball on TV tonight. There you go. 6 p.m. CBS Sports Network. The game playing where? Akron. At Akron. Okay. Well, we'll talk about this and other topics maybe tomorrow. Have a great day out there and uh, be careful, please. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. New U.S. COVID infections have passed the 1 million mark in a day, and pediatric hospitalizations were up 66% last week. Correspondent Omar Villafranca is outside a testing site in Fort Worth, Texas. They're expecting to test hundreds of people today. In fact, there were dozens that were lined up before this place even opened. Doctors say what people need to pay attention to is how this is affecting children. Schools in Detroit, Newark, Cleveland, and Milwaukee are going to remote learning, which could could last several weeks. In L.A., school reopenings have been delayed until January 11th. Parent Pilar Montalvo. I'm very comfortable with her returning to school. I am concerned, though, for those who have not had um, that protection. A third of kids stayed home from class in New York City yesterday. And the CDC has just announced it's following the FDA and shortening the recommended interval for Pfizer booster shots from six to five months after second vaccine doses. A day after a massive snowstorm slammed into mid-Atlantic states, Northern Virginians are still struggling. Myrna Mock has been trapped on I-95. Since 7.30 p.m. yesterday evening. And it's been rough. I wish this was over. Everybody just seems to be confused and baffled. The snowstorm led to crashes and disabled tractor trailers, grinding the interstate to a halt. I would say I've been here eight hours. Mark Gilbert says it's dangerous as some drivers have run out of gas with no food or water. Others have kids and pets along with them. It's a disaster. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Nick Ainelli for CBS News. A day after a jury in San Jose, California, convicted Theranos CEO Elizabeth Holmes of duping investors in a blood testing scheme, the first employee...